Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome to the Careers and Mental Health Conversations podcast. We're back with the Friday rant. We haven't had one of these in a little while. So uh, welcome, Sally. You're joining me today. Hi, Pat. And uh, there was a news article which really caught both of our eyes this week, and it was something along the lines of millennials struggle to make it past their first 90 days in employment. And obviously, we work with a lot of millennials here. We, we are in the career guidance sector, and it was something which spiked our interest. So we had a bit of a read. And Sally, I want to throw some of these statistics at you and get your point of view because in the first 90 days, one-third of millennials are likely to turn over from their role. Uh, It's mostly down to poor performance, which was 62% of the statistics, Uh, and then there's absence, lateness, and gross misconduct. Sally, what are your thoughts on this article, which was clearly having a go at millennials saying they're entitled, over-informed, and lazy? Well, I'm going to have a bit of a rant, Pat, because I find this quite horrifying. Can you just tell me again in the first how many days? First 90 days of employment, three months. Okay, so we've got three months due to poor performance. First, my first question is, do do people think that a new employee can be performing at optimum after 90 days. No, there is too much to learn. They've come out of uni. They've come out of school. They might not have been in the workforce before. Come on, leaders. It needs a training program. It needs to take them through step by step. Otherwise, they're going to fail. So that that statistic really scares me because we... I'm a baby boomer, have a responsibility to help these people through the first 90 days. I know many, many employees that aren't even inducted into the workplace. We're setting them up for failure. So that point's got me going for a start. The one that really got to me was, Mr. Weiss, I'd like to have a speak to you. If you happen to be listening, I'd love you to give me a call sometime because you've said why you don't want to generalise, every millennial is lazy, over-entitled, late, etc., etc. every millennial. Well, I work with a lot of them and I see a lot of them. I'm telling you that is rubbish. I need you to show me some facts on that because every millennial is not like this. I'm a millennial, obviously, so I fall into that category. Well, but Pat, I don't find you like that at all. <laughs> and whilst I don't think I'm, uh, you know, I pride myself on being places on time and, and working hard, look, there were some parts of it which resonate. And because we keep hearing it out there in the media, we keep sort of reading about it and we keep hearing about all millennials are do, you know, the Instagram generation, you know, they're all online. They think everything is owed to them. I'll turn up when it suits them. Uh, but a, a lot of what we read in that article was a lot of them are quitting voluntarily as well because in, within 90 days, it's not meeting their expectations. Do you think millennials should sort of put their head down, bump up a little bit more and give it a bit more of a go before they just move to job, to job, to job, to job? I think it's a two-way street and it's really got to come down to communication. So if you've got a millennial and in this article when it went on, 
further, it was a, a young millennial started her job and she was too afraid to ask for help. So she was getting all this work thrown at her that she didn't know how to do and she was too afraid to ask for help. That kind of situation should never happen. If you've got someone starting in the first three months, you're checking in with them on a regular basis. How are you going? Is there anything else you need to know? You're not just leaving them to be fearful. But again, it's up to the millennials to come forward and say what it is they love about the job and what it is they don't love about the job because millennials need challenging. We know that for a fact. So if we're giving them mundane work and not giving them a little look at what else is happening in the company, they're going to get bored. They're going to move on. We know they're going to have seven careers. But this is about communication. This is about a training plan. This is about here's what you need to know in the first three months and here's your support person and here's your mentor and here's where you'll find this information and that information and if then suddenly they're not performing then let's have a look why let's have a look what's going on there because there'll quite often be a reason how do we know what else is going on unless we're constantly asking the questions we need to groom them we need to mentor them then if they're damn lazy and they're coming late and they're not performing then off you go but let's give them a chance to succeed do you think maybe expectations have changed in terms of there's a bit of a generational shift at the moment where baby boomers are retiring and they're getting to that stage gen x managers are obviously been in the workforce for a long time and have seen a lot of change and they're starting to really um, be in quite senior positions now across organizations and then there's a lot of gen y like myself who um, you know we've we've been in the workforce for a quite a while now too and we're starting new businesses we're sort of recruiting um, people for the first time and going through that process are our expectations of millennials too high in that first three months do we think they need to hit the ground running and therefore um, if they don't we accept that they'll just move on I guess it, it really is a different world and being a baby boomer in my generation you had to hit the ground running there was no ifs or buts but there wasn't the technology there wasn't all the different programs to have to get your head around the 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 workforce was a much easier place to be and you you knew that you had six months to show what you could do I think technology plays a big part of this because the workforce is frantic we're all busy I'm not knocking managers, but sometimes they don't have the time available to be able to train these people. So if it's a small business, if, if you know, they're flat out doing their own job, they often don't have that time. But making that time in those first months will save a lot of money in re-recruiting, retraining and doing it all over again. So I think it's really important that baby boomers write down to Gem Wise, recognise that when a new recruit starts, we need to give them a hand. We need to make sure that they're more just in, than inducted on workplace health and safety. They've got a proper induction program. And Mr Weiss says he does agree that onboarding needs to be done better. But if you invest that time, then they're not performing, then you've made an objective decision, not just a rational decision. Yeah. But I find that everyone's so, so busy 
that we're forgetting to lead. We're forgetting to we're forgetting that they've got a world of their own and they're probably nervous and they want to impress, but the girl that didn't want to ask questions, she left. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah, she felt stress and it was easier for her to leave, which is sad, and as opposed to ask for help. That's right. Yeah. And that shouldn't be happening because they should be talking to them, communicating, where are you at, ticking off what they're learning. This is where you need to prove it's so important to communicate. And I'll tell you another reason it's really important because in that same report it mentions Deloitte has put out some data that 75% of our workforce will be millennials in six years' time. So by 2025, 75% of the workforce will be millennials. Now, if they're turning over within 90 days, as you touched on, it's quite an expense. We were out consulting just the other week with a, a young tech company and they, they hire millennials. It's probably 90% of their workforce. However, they were turning over quite a lot and they told us each time they turn over really early before their first three months finishes, it was costing them, their business, over $40,000 to go through that whole recruitment and training process again. Three quarters of their year's wage is what it's, it, it is... Um it does actually oh, it's, cost. It's, ma- it's massive. So there's a disconnect there. So it's costing them and they want to fix it, but they're trying to find the right people uh, and sometimes they do and they leave straight away and then they get called lazy or un- you know they're leaving because they're not getting paid enough or they're entitled, which I think it's easy to throw those around sometimes. That's but- a cultural – there is a cultural issue in – high turnover we know that there's got to be something if you've got a high turnover company there's something that's not right and so you've got to look at the reasons and it's you need to put your ego aside and and go well what am I doing wrong here why are all these people leaving this company rot starts at the top and it's a fact and honestly put the heart back into the business you know, it, it, get to know these people, find out what motivates them, find out what really irks them off, find out their kids' names or their brother's name or their dog's name. Know about your people. Be interested in your people. And you can guarantee if you're interested in them and they're not quite performing but they feel confident to come forward and say where they're struggling because it's a nice open communication, then you can pretty well guarantee that they can jump that hurdle. Yeah, and it's hard to leave a business when they're genuinely invested in you and they want to see you succeed. Uh, if, if you're leaving then, you know, for more money or whatever, I mean, that's sometimes that's just unlucky or it's circumstances, but it's hard to leave an organisation when they're putting time and effort and they want you to succeed. So I think a lot of millennials feel that, oh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on me to perform early. Um, I'm just another number in the system. Uh, they won't mind if I sort of leave and I'll just go to another business where I might have a, a bit better luck or a better time or, or Which gel. Which they won't because they're going to take that problem with them again because they've been afraid to speak up so they haven't actually learnt courage and assertive communication in that place. So they're going to take that set of lack of set of skills with yeah. them to the next place and this will continue. For millennials, speak up. Speak up respectfully. Respect that your baby boomer boss has been in the workplace for a long time and knows a lot of stuff. And seen a lot of change. Learn and ask questions from that boss. They've seen change. They know what they're doing. Learn and ask questions. Be respectful. Don't be afraid to speak up. On the same token, baby boomers that are leaving the workforce in the next five years 
take a mentorship role. We've got to pass this information on to these people because we've spent years. We've got baby boomers have got a lot of IP stored in their heads. Are we going to let that exit the workplace without mentoring through the next generation? I think we'd be pretty silly. So, you know, these problems are not insurmountable, but we've got to sit down and look at the why, not just brush it on the carpet and go, oh, another, I employed another useless idiot. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. And I think what sort of is ringing through is even though we rely so much on technology in most workplaces these days, I think sort of one of the things you're saying is bring back the human element, have conversations, have transparency, openness. It's a two-way street for sure, but make sure there's that human touch and people feel valued. Absolutely. And look, you know, we did have that when I started work. You could play a joke and you can't do those things now. But the point is, emotional intelligence is a word that's bandied about no end. People go, oh, yeah, I've done a bit of that. Look, if people look, if leaders look inside that skill set, there is so much to learn because technology is going to rapidly change every day. We just got to keep up with it, keep up with it, keep up with it. But leading with the heart and understanding people and being self-aware and throwing out ego, we know that that's what the next generation want. We know that they want to be cared about. We know that they want to have those conversations. We know that they want a self-aware boss that they can go to and ask questions. Therefore, to me, one of the most skills everybody in the world needs is emotional intelligence. I'd love to come up with a new name because it's been yeah. bandied about yeah. so much. People go, yeah, I've done a bit of that. But look inside that skill set. It, there's self-regulation of your emotions. There's resilience. There's self-awareness. There's so many things packed in that. That's what needs to come into the workforce. Yeah. And that's what needs to come into leadership. You can have your degree, you can have your bit of paper, but if you can't relate to people with empathy and respect, I don't think we're going to, you can, anyone's going to succeed. Too true. And anyone who's listened to this podcast regularly will obviously know we're big advocates of mental health training in the workplace. So uh, it wasn't as widely spoken about even just a few years ago, but now it's popping up more and more and more. So make sure that you're millennials uh, or you have a program in place to deal with mental stress, anxiety, um, depression, which can occur. And that's for all generations, not just not for millennials, but it might just help you help your staff through the first 90 days because it's costly to turn over. I think we've pointed that out. And uh, no one wants to see good staff leave. And it's obviously what's happening if it's one in three. And if I can say anything to the leaders out there that are recruiting, have an induction program, have a planned approach to induction, not just there's your desk, there's your pen, a planned approach, a training plan, an induction plan, something that they know where their place is in company. Who do I go to if I need to questions? Is it okay to go to those persons? Planning for that person to succeed is vital. Definitely. Well, Sally, thank you for coming on the Friday rant. It's, it's good to be back. Uh, we haven't done one for a little while, but it caught our attention and we thought it, it was an article worth highlighting. It was a little bit one-sided in our opinion, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll just give some balance to that. And Mr. Weiss, if you're listening, give me a call, please. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to hearing from you, Mr. Weiss. Thanks, Sally. Thanks, Pat. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.